Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We're picking up where we left off yesterday today. We are really doing our best to break down what we mean by doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And we're making this very practical and tactical. And before we get to point number five, Julie. Yes. um, Julie has a story that she wants to share with you. I think you can use this name. Oh, John Walkinshaw? Yeah, John Walkinshaw. (laughs) I guess I just did. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Up in Canada. He's a massive producer up in Canada. And... um, Without any further ado, share with uh, the listeners what he's dealing with in his market and how you are coaching him through dealing with it. Yes. Well, as many of you are starting to sense or experience, there is a shift out there in the market. And for John in Canada, this really started to happen even before the interest rates actually went up. It was simply because I asked him, I said, what about what day do you think it hit the fan? And he said, well, it was when it got serious about rates going up. And they have fewer loan products, to be fair, in Canada. So it was maybe more of a severe uh, shift. But what he would, and I talked about today, is how much more difficult it is in a transitioning market than it is when it's clearly a seller's market or clearly a buyer's market or even a balanced market. It's that shift that makes people nervous. And his he had a great question, which is, you know, how do I handle sellers that want to use Uh, prices that were from a month ago when I've already seen prices not going over list anymore and not getting competing offers and not even getting tons of showings. So his feeling was, if I tell him the truth, I might not get the listing. And if I don't tell him the truth, then I'm not managing their expectations. Well, so the answer obviously is, first of all, listeners, since we have listeners all over the country and really all over the world, over 60 different countries. Know your market statistics. That's always the first place to start because there is no one simple answer because you might and probably are in a market where there's no signs of slowing down whatsoever. But I want to, before we get to the specific uh, thing he's supposed to be telling his sellers, I want to go back to on a point Julie just made is that we are in a transitioning market. We're in a market where it's not necessarily going to become, well, we don't think it's going to become anything other than a continued seller's market. But what's happening are, uh, is that the buyers and really the sellers and everyone is sort of questioning, well, what's this new reality about? What's this inflation about? What is this uh, these interest rates about? Where is this going? So we're on this the visualization that uh, we've been telling all of you guys and we've been sharing with coaching clients and our coaches to share with all of our coaching clients is that imagine your, yourself on a long bridge like a bridge where you can't necessarily see the end of it, but you can see where you started. That's about how far we are on this bridge. And emotionally, as you're crossing the bridge, you're not thinking about too much other than getting to the other side. And that's really where people are emotionally with what's going on with inflation in particular. The reason inflation is such a bugaboo and you don't see the, um, well, though I have to say, I'm quite shocked that the, um, the press is actually talking about it. You know, CNN and MSNBC and all these other uh, entities, which I think you'd call your, you know, your embedded traditional sort of old school press, they're actually acknowledging inflation is really getting out of control. And it's just going to get worse. Different people are suggesting that it's going to be bad and getting worse all the way through 2023. 20, uh, and, and that certainly sounds right. So inflation is the thing that's causing a lot of people, not interest rates, inflation is causing a lot of people to feel really uncertain because they've never experienced before seeing their money not go as far. Now that doesn't last forever. 
what eventually happens is people emotionally uh, condition themselves for inflation. They're not uh, so shocked anymore that gas prices are rising. Now, again, let's assume that things are going to continue to get more expensive for the foreseeable future, but the shock of things getting for, uh, more expensive for the foreseeable future will wear off. People, one of the best, I think, you know, evolutionarily, one of the reasons that humans existed and are you know, obviously existing now, and despite the fact that we competed against a lot of other um, uh, bipeds, bipedials, mm -hmm. you know, there are d different forms of, uh, you know, uh, human, walking upright humans, yeah. human type things that we are competing against evolutionarily is because we are, you know, humans were able to adapt quickly. Adaption is really the main thing. And if you can't adapt, if you, you know, if you are a, a um, in a mindset, well, I can only exist with these in these particular parameters with this type of market, with this type of information and these types of leads and this type of this, whatever. And all of a sudden, a couple of things change. Well, then you're out of business. Well, evolutionarily, the belief is that that's a, the reason that humans became the most, you know, obviously the dominant um, species of bipeds is simply for the fact that we are able to adapt. We could adapt to different climates, different weather conditions, different food sources. We could, uh, you know, decide to become farmers, all the rest of it. Whereas maybe some of the other uh, competing species, this is all conjecture, obviously, but if you study any of this stuff, it is kind of fascinating. All the other species maybe were only adaptable to a specific type of uh, climate. Hopefully that all makes sense. So in, what's going to happen is faster than you think you are going to adapt to inflation and so will all your clients. But while we're in this bridge and while we're crossing this together, it makes people feel scared. And it's an irrational feeling scared. In other words, they don't know why they feel scared. They just feel sort of nervous. And you might be sensing that. Sometimes people seem a little bit on edge. You might read it, uh, you know, where how people are expressing themselves, how they're feeling. It's just because there's something happening that's not happened before where, you know, they're buying gas. And all of a sudden, because the gas was so expensive, they can't necessarily afford to take their kids to a movie this weekend and things like that. That does cause a lot of pressures and it does cause people to have to adapt. And that's what's happening right now. So the uncertainty that's in the market right now is happening mostly on the buyer side. And that goes always back to the fact that we want you guys to work primarily with sellers and always focus your best energies on being a listing agent because buyers always take themselves out of the market anytime there's any kind of headwind. Interest rates go up. I mean, look, guys, you can just follow, your, uh, follow the rest of the year. I'll tell you when the buyer activity is going to slow down. Let's assume that we get to the other side of this and let's say by you know next couple months and people are more accepting of inflation and the higher rates aren't shocking to anybody anymore and people just sort of adapted. Let's assume that happens. Well, there's going to be other predictable slowdowns where buyers take themselves out of the market for the rest of the year. And it happens every single year. When the uh, summer vacations, buyers take themselves out of the market. Uh, when kids go back to school, Halloween, holidays, and a lot of other little things that happen throughout the year. So there always are going to be motivated sellers that have to sell their houses, but buyers, they'll come and go just depending on whether they want to go to Disney World that week. You guys get it? That's the reason you have to focus your best uh, energies and all your, essentially, your educational angst has to go towards learning how to be a powerful listing agent. Does this make sense, Julie? It absolutely does, especially in a shifting market where buyers are indeed taking themselves out of the market. And we're going to be helping you to navigate through all of these changes and shifts with some uh, different scripting and information for you. So, so I had a coaching call actually with uh, Michael, or I'm sorry, Stephen and Anthony this morning. And we were talking about um, the fact that you can get different types of mortgages. Yes. And you and I talked about this too. We talked yep. about this last week. Mm -hmm. I was surprised, frankly, that they didn't know what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. But Julie gave me an example yesterday. You researched yes. this for one of your clients. They yep. were essentially not able to be competitive, losing. Oh, no. Tell your story. Sue. Yeah. Sue Romans. Uh, yes. Yeah. Great agent. And so she 
demonstrated being extremely coachable, I have to say, and smart and uh, putting a lot of different things together for these buyers, which many of you listening can totally relate to. These are buyers that are basically in a first-time buyer range. I think they were around 350 or so. Uh, and they kept on competing. She kept on, they lost, I think, six or seven times, right? And so as her coach, I was a little bit on her about, well, if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to keep getting what we're getting, which is no house for them. So what did we do? They were interest rate sensitive. They couldn't close the appraisal gap. We had to have a solution. She did a couple of different things. One is she made it so they could stop competing by going to an expired that met their criteria. And surprisingly, they did have to compete against one another offer. So that tells you, you know, even that is is different. But right? on the mortgage side of but things. But on the mortgage side of things. So this expired was a little bit higher than where they had been looking. They are payment sensitive. So what she did is she found them a 15-year adjustable rate mortgage. Some no. of you have never heard of this before. It's exactly. also known as an ARM. That's what adjustable rate mortgage is. And there are one-year arms, three-year arms, five-year arms, there's seven years, and there's now 15-year arms. And get this, I thought this was a great product. Well, slow down. Yeah. They don't know what an arm is. Adjustable rate mortgage. And so what happens is basically the interest rate is going to be a certain rate for the first 15 years. And then after that, it's going to adjust. And what it adjusts to is typically uh, predetermined in the mortgage. So it might adjust for two points over whatever. So these are all, you know, you know what 15 years from now the interest rate is going to be. And yes, you can refinance anywhere between now and the next 15 years in order to you know take advantage of maybe a lower rate. You don't have to stay with a 15-year adjustable. You can go five years and adjust into another 15-year adjustable. You can keep on doing this. Mm -hmm. But what she's about to tell you, so there's first of all, there's those types of mortgage products that are coming out again. But what Julie's about to tell you is how uh, Sue, because she listened to one of her podcasts and Julie told her how to do it, was actually able to make the interest rate lower than what was the advertised price for the mortgage. That's right. So adjustable rate mortgages adjust after the set period in time. In this case, 15 years, it was one rate. And in a week where rates were generally around 4.6 to four and three quarters, her clients got a 15-year adjustable that for the first 15 years, it was three and three quarters and had a cap of uh, adjusting no more than three points after 15 years if they didn't already sell or refinance out of it. So what did that do? It meant that they had a little bit higher purchase price, but actually a little bit lower payment than what they were trying to do before because they locked it in still in today's environment at three and three quarters percent. But they bought the rate and down. And they bought the... No, this is different than a rate uh, different. buy down. Okay, yes. but, but that is another strategy. But you had another client. Didn't you have another client yes. that bought the rate down? So yes. tell the listeners okay, how that so works. Okay, so adjustable rate is you have this rate today, and after a certain number of years, it goes up if you don't refi or sell. Okay, so that's what that is. That's an arm. You can also buy your rate down, and we talked about this on a podcast a few days ago, where you know a lender sometimes says you're going to pay points if you want that better rate. You can voluntarily pay points. What's a point? A, a point is a percent of the uh, financed amount, not the purchase price, the financed amount. So if it's a $400,000 mortgage and they wanted to buy down by a half a point, so let's say the, the uh, advertised rate is 4.5%. I know you're not a mortgage person, so you can kind of wing it. Right. But if they want to buy it down to, say, 4%, and they, in other words, they want to get an, an interest rate of 4% opposed to 4.5%, yeah. how they'd have to buy it down by a half point. That's right. And, and lenders are a little bit different on this. So sometimes if you pay, let's say you paid uh, $400, you might be buying down a quarter point. And you can do it incrementally as much as you want. You could buy yourself down three points if you wanted to, depending on how much money you had to spend on it. This is especially good for people who have large down payments, which most people do today because they sucked the equity out of their old home, right? And we also have the highest savings rate as we've ever had. So if they have, and it doesn't cost that much, it could cost a few hundred to a few thousand to lock in 
somewhere in the threes, certainly. You could theoretically buy it down to two and three quarters if you wanted to, but this is the borrower voluntarily buying down the rate and then locking it in. Okay, so we talked about adjustable rate mortgages. Then we talked about buying down the rate and a seller can pay for that as well if you roll it in. And we talked a little bit about that on a previous podcast. Then there's the other, uh, the third part of this, which is locking in an interest rate because we all still believe they're going to go up a bit, okay? How many more rate hikes, we don't know exactly. But let's just say today is gonna be better than tomorrow. You wanna lock in your rate, that costs a little bit, Sometimes, sometimes mortgage lenders as a competitive thing will say, well, we'll lock your rate in for free, but you want to lock in your rate and you want to watch how long 60 to 90 days usually is best in today's environment because it might take you a while to negotiate, be in contract inspections, all those things. But you also want to have a, a float down feature, which means if the rate goes down instead of up, you also float down. If you don't have that feature, it's where you locked in at. And a lot of times your lenders will charge you a lock-in rate uh, because of the fact that they don't want you shopping the mortgage. That's true. That's but, the but reason they're doing it. it's worth doing. It is worth yeah, doing. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you might do some combination of all of these things too. So I think the least expensive way to get a better rate today is to do the adjustable rate because you're not paying points and you're not paying to lock anything in, although you could lock that in. That's going to be cheaper than uh, cheaper interest rate than a 30-year fixed. And remember, all of these things, of course, you can refinance if things change. Now, this is now. Imagine you're in front of a seller. I know seller Tim interest rates talking about buying side of the transaction. Well, imagine if you're in front of a seller and you're explaining to the seller how all this works. And don't you think that in itself is going to make the seller realize that you're an extraordinary agent because of the fact that you now know how to get more people qualified to potentially purchase their house? Exactly. Do you guys get the importance of being a you know true professional, especially as we're all crossing this bridge together? And that's going to, you know, it's knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. And if you don't know that the bridge, you know, actually ends one day and you're going to be in some place where you, you know, everything's going to be nice again. If you don't know how to actually get to the other side of it, of course you're scared. And that's what how you're your buyers are going to feel. Now you're sitting in front of a buyer and let's say the buyer thinks to the example Julie just used, the buyer can't afford this, or maybe there's a hell of a lot of competition and say, you know, five to 600,000. But as soon as they go up to like 750, there's not so much competition. I'd really like something for 750, but they can't afford it. Don't assume the loan officer knows anything about what Julie just told you. That's exactly right. We talk a lot about having a whole generation of agents that right now we're speaking in tongues to them. They have no idea what any of this mortgage <laughs> stuff is. And, well, it's not your fault. You haven't needed it until now. We also have a generation of mortgage people, right. originators and processors that have never had to know more than a 30-year fixed because when interest rates were 3%, why would you do anything except a 30-year fixed? It's kind of worse than the loan side too because yeah. most of the loan officers that are in the business now uh, aren't going to be, they're basically been making their money off refis. That's true. And in fact, in Sue's case, Tammy Irby did one exactly like that as well. So I may be mixing up their stories. But in one of their cases, uh, the the lender that the buyer was already at had that 15-year adjustable, but had never mentioned it, right? So they didn't even have to switch lenders to get a better deal. But you have to ask the question or tell your buyers to ask the question. This is also the world's best objection handler for the bar, for the buyer that says, well, you know, I've just been priced out of the market. Maybe they haven't, maybe they haven't. You wanna go down this road before they decide to throw in the towel. And you can get the seller, assuming you know how to do this, right? That you can get the seller to pay 
the uh, closing costs and sometimes the discount points for the buyer, you just tack it on the top of the purchase price. And Which you, does fly in today's market because yep. prices are going up. When that stops is when you start to have a problem. Is, so did, are you listening to all these details, listeners? Are you guys getting how things are going to get more complex as the market starts to adjust? The things you have to know are a little bit more complicated than how to get your lighting right for a TikTok video. Do you guys get the difference <laughs> yeah. between what Julie and I do and whatever what else does? This is about real tactical, practical knowledge that's going to put you in a position to win the listing. A lot of you guys love to talk about building your brand. Really what your brand is, is your reputation. Your brand is not how you look on YouTube or you know any of these other sort of social networking things. Your brand is from a uh, essentially having solved a lot of problems over a long period of time for a lot of people. And the way you do that is by having superior levels of knowledge. Remember, knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. Speaking of which, Julie, you do, I checked before the pod, you have two spots open in your schedule. Yes, if but you, only for serious agents. Right. I know. We said that yesterday too. So if you guys are interested in hiring Julie to be your personal coach, she's looking for two more clients and uh, we would like, where, where, what part of the country? It doesn't really matter, but you'd prefer. It doesn't matter as long as they're focused and they want to move forward. But I have a lot of folks on the East Coast right now. So middle or West Coast is right. fine. So if you're interested, text me directly and I'll set you up with Julie. Uh, I will do a little pre-qualifying first because we're only looking for people that are serious um, that are going to be in Julie's personal schedule, just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Guys, here's the exciting thing about a market like this is that you, because of the fact, are smart and or getting smart, right? You're getting becoming smarter. After all, you're listening to this podcast. After all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then the next thing that's going to happen is you're going to have a knowledge base and you're going to know how to solve problems that other agents aren't going to know. Other agents don't even know what they don't know, right? So because you're going to walk into different situations and know how to solve different problems, you're going to be able to help a lot more people and make a lot more money because of this market. Whereas before, everyone basically had the same access to the same information. Everyone went to the MLS. All the, you know, essentially mortgage products were super low, payments were super low. And so a lot of times, whether you got, you know, the, it was kind of a beauty contest, really. At the end of the day, there wasn't a lot of knowledge that was needed in this previous market, but there is now, especially, frankly, on the listing side of things. On the listing side of things, there wasn't a lot of knowledge needed because the market would make up for bad pricing, frankly. You know, the market would make up for everything. You didn't even have to really worry too much about justifying your listing commission because the market would make up for it because by the time you list it, by the time you put the sign, the art's already increased in value. Here's something. How many of our listeners have actually done a price reduction on a listing <laughs> in your entire career, some of you, right? So we have to focus on what's, you know, that's a shift that some of you are going to have to go through. And that's why you have us. Our job is to educate you. Hopefully you've already gotten some of that from today's podcast to motivate you to do something about it and to get you into action. How serious are we about this? Well, guess what? What we just talked about wasn't even part of today's podcast. <laughs> we are talking about yep. doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So this is day two. And what we're doing is we're breaking down what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So what is it that you don't want to do in real estate? Oddly enough, oftentimes when we ask agents that question, the things they don't want to do are the things that require skill, the things that might require them asking a question that might make them themselves uncomfortable. In other words, they're not actually doing the real work of being a professional. Imagine going to a doctor and the doctor being fearful of asking questions because you might be offended, right? Your mind fills with all these questions, all these fears, and then you end up essentially not getting the listing or not getting that buyer to work with you because of the fact that you didn't present yourself as being professional. So when you ask yourself what it is that you don't want to do, nine times out of 10, it's the very things that will result in you helping someone getting paid. That's right. So yesterday we did points number one, two, and three, which were, of course, generate the lead in the first place, 
furiously fast lead follow-up and use pre-qualification scripts. So that brings us to point number four, present using your pre-listing package and or formal listing presentation. Now, if you are not using one, you are simply not competitive. If you're using the same one that everyone else in your office uses, you're also not competitive. Why? Because the pre-listing package is there to answer the specific question, why you? What makes you different? And if you're using what everyone else is using, then you're not different. You may not even make it through the first appointment. Well, so, the, pre, the yeah. pre-listing package really is your silent salesperson. Absolutely. I cannot imagine navigating any listing without having a really killer pre-listing package. It, you know, the reason we created the pre-listing package is because, frankly, we got tired of you guys making excuses not to go on listing appointments. And we knew the reason why you weren't doing it is because you were fearful of having a seller ask you a question you didn't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. So we made this pre-listing pack and we've evolved it over the last you know couple decades to the point where the probability of you walking into a listing appointment and the seller, assuming the seller read the pre-listing pack, the probability of them asking, a, uh, even thinking of a question to ask that hasn't already been answered in the pre-listing pack is pretty much zero. At that point, when you walk into, when you follow our seven-step listing process, which you learn as a premier coaching client, you're going to walk into every single listing appointment pretty much with a listing already signed. You d- If you show up on time and you follow our, it's called the Sharpie close, you follow our listing presentation, you're going to find that it's very simple to take listings, assuming you use the, pre- well, frankly, assuming you're pre-qualified, assuming you sent the pre-listing pack. When you get to the seller's house, it is not a stressful situation. It's actually fun. It's When you walk into a seller's house and you see they've read your pre-listing pack and you know that essentially all the heavy lifting has been done, all the questions that you were living in fear of having them ask you, why should I list with you? You don't sell the most houses in my neighborhood. I'm going to list with Bob because he sells more houses than you. I'll list with you if you reduce your commission. Well, so-and-so is going to do all this extra marketing. You're not going to do, I mean, they're flying the Goodyear blimp over my house. What are you going to do? You know, so-and-so has a team. Do you have a team or you have a team, but I was told that working with agents with teams won't give me the same personal level. You guys get the point. All of this is removed when you use the pre-listing pack. It's an objection handler layer, basically. It is. Okay? It's a, because here's yeah. what happens. If you don't have a pre-listing package and or listing presentation, what happens is that you're making a lot of assumptions. You don't know what their objections are. And so during whatever presentation you're doing, they're holding on to those objections in their head and not even listening to you. And then you try and close and instead you get objections back. The definition of an objection is simply an unanswered question in the mind of the seller. Tim just rattled off a whole bunch of those. When those are answered before you show up, things are so much easier. And the close is a breeze because the definition of close is the logical ending to a great presentation. Your pre-listing package has already done that for you. All you have to do is finish. I would say our pre-listing pack in our entire coaching program is one of the top five most important things. Absolutely. It may be number one, Right. uh, aside from them having the lead to use the pre-listing package on in the first place. But really, it's so fun to see the reactions when we are on uh, Facebook Live with our coaching clients and they're like, that pre-listing package, man, I can't even <laughs> believe it. Like they go there and they can't believe how much more simple the appointment was. It does, uh, going on a listing appointment, you guys got to remember, the seller doesn't want you there any more than you want to be there. No. The seller wants you the hell out of the house as fast po- as possible. The seller doesn't want a bunch of tension in their house. The seller doesn't want to deal with a stranger. Even if you're friends with them, you're still, you know, essentially invading their home when they'd yep. rather do something else with their families or whatever. So when you send the pre-listing pack and you've removed all the stress, they actually are appreciative of that. We'll tell you that and it'll list the house with you just because you send it ahead of time. I'm not oversimplifying it. We've heard this from, I don't even know how many coaching clients over the years. 
Uh, so definitely want to use that. So remember, guys, if you would like a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, they can tell you about the pre-listing pack and also help you get your uh, business plan done if you've not yet done that or if you need to update it, which most of you will want to do. Definitely text the word JOIN to 47372. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. And when you do, we made it super simple for you to immediately schedule your own private coaching call with one of our new member coaches. You pick the day, you pick the time, you're in control. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372 and schedule your own private coaching call. We do have three new member coaches who are uh, providing free coaching calls uh, I didn't honestly check prior to today's show, finding out how many open spots they had. So you guys will find out when you text the word join to 47372. Usually you can get a coaching call um, the same day, if not the following day in the morning. So coach, uh, I'm sorry, text the word join, J-O-I-N, to schedule a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. Member message and data rates may apply. Next point, Julie. Next point is number five, negotiate. Now, it's not too tough in today's market when you're the listing agent. Choosing the best offer is usually pretty straightforward. But if you're a frustrated buyer's agent, you must get better at winning or stop signing your buyers up to lose. The listing agent always wins, especially in today's market. So negotiate is one of those things that many of you don't want to do. You don't like to do it any for any reason at any point. That's why sometimes you sit on things and you don't get the deal done. But in fact, negotiating does lead you through helping your clients to a commission. That's why it's on the list. Well, they've never really had to negotiate. What you guys exactly. have been having to do when you've had listings in a seller's market is not really negotiating. They're taking orders. You're just taking, that's it. You're just putting a big stack of order, uh, you know, orders, of mm-hmm. offers on the table, and you're making, a, you're sending them through a set of filters. Does this one cash? Does this one financing? Who's got that highest price? Does this one have a house to sell? No house to sell. So you're just sifting and sorting. Well, what if all the offers you start getting all have red flags in them? They all are financing. All of them have houses to sell. You know, there's different, you know, all the things that you just immediately summarily write off when you're getting an offer. Now you have to deal with that constantly with all your offers. That's called a real market, right? And some of you are going to be experiencing that. So what you've been doing in this market where you maybe occasionally sometimes have to negotiate an unsatisfactory conditions report. Sometimes. Sometimes. When or it's not as is. Right, exactly. <laughs> or maybe sometimes you're having to negotiate a possession date or something like that. That's not, honestly, no. guys, that's not real negotiating. Negotiating is when you have to basically be Dr. Phil for both the buyer and the seller. Let's say you're representing the seller, which is what we want you to do. But you're still going to have to essentially be Dr. Phil for both sides, especially with the buyer's agent who probably has no negotiating skills whatsoever. That's right. Now, here's their version of this, right? Because this is already starting to happen. And to the point that John Walkinshaw was making, here's their version of, oh my gosh, I have to actually negotiate. When there's only one offer after two weekends, and it's not 100,000 over list, okay? <laughs> Where you, oh my gosh, now how do I present that to the seller? Right. Right? And the seller is brainwashed into thinking that everything yeah. goes with multiples. Uh, well, that's, you know, not exactly 100. Right. 100 is too damn cheap, Julie. <laughs> it should have just 2X for sure. What do you mean I have to take my listing price? Are you, what are they? They're making me get out of the house at closing? What the hell? I want to stay in here for an extra year and not have to pay anything. For free. A free lease back. Of course. And where the hell is my foot massage? Exactly. Exactly. But that's what's called a transitioning market. And that's just the edge of it. 
Uh, you know, the Kenmores out in Washington have, for three calls in a row, actually had to do some price reductions. Sure, you're going to have to. That's the new market. Well, listen, we're transitioning into what's going to even be more of a seller's market. But while we're on this bridge, just have the visual of the bridge, if people are going to be a little bit uh, jittery. The bridge is starting to blow around a little. Yeah, that's what we're saying. I didn't want to describe the bridge as I was visualizing it, but since Julie just said it, this is a bit of a rickety <laughs> rope bridge where maybe every third border is loose. It's like a Raiders of the Lost Dark type bridge, <laughs> right? And there's probably some you know things with spears that are chasing you from where you are coming from, so you yeah. can't go back. You guys getting it now? Well, while we're on that bridge and you're on that bridge with other people, you have to be like Harrison Ford and you have to be confident to get your butt to the other side. Otherwise, you're going to fall into the gorge. Now, Julie got me on that with the swinging rope bridge. <laughs> but still, that's the visualization that I use. And I've, we're seeing that in our own coaching business, by the way. We're seeing that in our other real estate-related uh, businesses. But because we've been through cycles like this before, because we've been in this business forever, and we have been in it forever, yep. we now know and we knew, do know that this is just the transition. Transition. And once people have calmed down and they've realized that, you know, the world is not going to come to an end and interest rates might be higher, you know, hopefully they've stumbled across one of you who have listened to this podcast. You know how to make, in, uh, you know, the interest rates on their mortgage a little bit lower. Banks are going to stop putting over these overrides. All this stuff sort of calms down. Everybody's sort of settled into the new reality. You know, eggs are now, you know, $5. They went from, you know, what are eggs now? $9, right? I saw, Some, we saw yeah. an ad. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in Puerto Rico, right? So I guess the chickens here it's are. probably six in the States, but yeah. Yeah, you get the point. But still, yes. But we do have chickens here. So why the hell are the eggs $9? I don't know. It's crazy. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, but the point is that this is a transition. And and the good part about this, and I do believe that it's going to stay, by and large, a seller's market for For a long time. But- John Walkinshaw in Canada, you know, we we had the rest of the discussion, which is I asked him when the dust settles and people stop freaking out, what would you expect? He said, I, you know, I know in about 90 days I'm going to be able to maintain five to ten listings at all times and right. it'll normalize and everything will be fine. And that's going to be great. So there are good things. But remember, while you're in this process, while things are in this, you know, this phase, knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. And you can still make this the best year ever because of what's going on in the marketplace, because a lot of your competitors are going to be in that fear mode. Your competitors are the other agents. Mm -hmm. Uh, While they're in that fear mode, you can get in there and frankly have an easier time of getting business because you know what to say. You know how to say it. You know what questions to ask. You know how to actually be a professional and you are confident because of this market. That's right. So here's the question for you. After listening to today's podcast and yesterday's, and we gave you six points about doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it and the importance of that making you money. If what you're doing is not on the list that we just gave you, here's the question. Why are you doing it? Worse yet, why are you doing it and expecting the results to be profitable? That's why we have Premier Coaching. Did we do six? Yes. You just said that? Yes. Oh, I wasn't That's listening. That's okay. I- <laughs> I wasn't listening. I didn't hear what you just said. You really said that? Yeah, I did. We did all six points. So just to review, things that make you money in real estate are generating the lead in the first place. Then you have furiously fast lead follow-up. You have to use a pre-qualification script for buyers and sellers. Present using your kick-ass pre-listing package. Negotiate and close. If it's not on that list, I don't know why you're doing it. These are the things that by and large you guys like to avoid and yet they're the same things that move you faster to your goals. The thing that's going to differentiate you in the marketplace is being a professional. Not um, like, again, I'm just reflecting on a a coaching call I had with somebody, high-end agent, and I asked them about their listing presentation. This is not a a formal client. They were wanting to actually be coached by Julie. I was pre-qualifying them to find out what their experience level was. 
And I was asking about their listing presentation because one surefire way to vet out somebody, whether somebody's professional or not is their whole listing process. They had no listing process. Mm -hmm. They had no formal listing presentation. It was the show up with a bunch of crap and try to win, you know, a folder full of brochures and whatnot and try to win them over with your personality. So then I, I said, well, what happens if you compete against an agent who follows the seven step listing process? Someone who's pre-qualified, someone has a pre-listing pack, someone that's done all the, and the agent said on the other end of the phone, absolutely nothing because they knew they'd be toast. That's the reason, to their credit, they knew they had to hire a coach because they needed to get to the other side of that bridge as quickly as possible. This is when, this is frankly, this is the type of market when Julie and I got into real estate, you know, 30 years ago. It was just after that, you know, essentially there was a recession. There's other things that were happening. We were able to go to a market where the comp the competition, every market, the competition is tough. But in this particular market where Julie and I cut our teeth, it was incredibly tough. Some really fantastic agents. Matter of fact, a lot of those agents are still in business today and still some of the best agents we've ever come across. Matter of fact, we still do business with them. Absolutely. They're amazing because they had to know how to sell real estate in a market. Guess what? Where we sold real estate, there was no real appreciation, like ever. When Julie and I sold real estate, no matter what the price range was, you had to stay in a house for seven or eight years just to cover your selling costs and hope to get your yeah. down payment back. Now, houses would inflate but they wouldn't appreciate. In other markets, obviously, you would have inflation with appreciation. Where we're from, you had to know how to do price reductions. You had to know how to price it right. And I'm so glad Julie and I grew up in a tough market like that, our formidable years, real estate years. But when we stumble across some of you guys who have been successful um, but never actually been successful in a changing or shifting market, let alone in a buyer's market, we you have to recognize the fact that you have your skills got you to where you are at to this point, but also you are being lifted, all boats were also being lifted along with you because of the low interest rates, because of the fact that there's a huge FOMO that was going on with buyers, because, 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 right? We're in a crazy hot seller's market. We're still going to be in that crazy hot seller's market, but other little uh, rules and nuances of how to be successful, they're changing. And if you don't change with them, don't be surprised if you are not frankly, enjoying the level of success you have in the past. Well, look at the, the ripple effect of just having interest rates creep up a little bit, right? Look at how much discussion the coaches are having to have with listing agents and buyer agents. On the listing agent side, what's happening is they're having to help the buyer agent save the deal because the buyer's freaking out or because their rate lock didn't get extended. That's a tiny little ripple in an already existing seller's market. So that's why we've been presenting, do what you don't wanna do when you don't wanna do it at the highest level. So let's talk about this. Let's yes. just go ahead and get through these notes too. Okay. This is, for, yeah, let's just do these. Let's just continue. Good? I'm not sure how many there are, but yes, um, we can go not that many. until- we've got, we've got time. I have to go, yeah. Yeah, we've got okay. time. So, so, so one might ask, how, okay, I get it. I get the six things that make me money in real estate. How do I make myself do that when I don't feel like doing it ever? <laughs> and I might not even have the skill to do it. How do I do that? So, so let me break this down, yeah. right? Doing what you don't want to do. Okay, we can't help you come up with a list of that. And you guys probably had your own list, right? When you don't want to do it, and that's pretty much going to be any time, but we should maybe drill down and give you more specifics yeah. on that. Well, that's one of the things, obviously, we focus on the coaching program. But generally speaking, the things that you want to do the least 
in, uh, in your career, in your business, in your day, you do those first. Otherwise, you won't do them. You'll find reasons to procrastinate them and never get them done. So the things that you want to do the least, you do the first thing in the day. That way, when the heavy lifting of your day is over, you're going to basically move on to the rest of the day. And, and frankly, it, you're going to have the you're going to have a lot of momentum and motivation from knowing that you've already done your heavy lifting for that particular day. Julie and I uh, prescribed to all of you minimum standards of maybe three things, maybe five things that you have to do every single day. And once you do those three to five things every single day, that was a success. But I will give you this little caveat, this little rule. If you're not putting yourself in a position to, to hear the word no at least five times a day, especially as you're building momentum, you're not really doing your job. And that's the thing that I know takes the wind out of a lot of your emotional sales uh, because you're so petrified of hearing the word no. Well, guess what? Stay petrified of hearing the word no. If you go and improve your skill set and you use our pre-listing pack and you pre-qualify, you do the things that we you know, coach you to do, you won't hear the word no that frequently. Like it'll be infrequent. When you hear the word no, you'll be shocked when you're following a presentation. So use that fear of hearing no, of being rejected as motivation to put yourself in a position to not hear the word no. The way to do that is not by ever, uh, uh, the way to do that is not by avoiding asking questions that might result in them uh, telling you no. The way to do that is by putting you in a position so that you're following a business system that makes it so that the word no never pops into that prospect's mind. You guys get it? What you're doing to avoid hearing the word no is you're not ever putting yourself in a position to hear it. And that's not the that's not the way a business which person, actually gets you the same result, which is no business. Exactly. I hopefully you guys are following with this line of thinking, but it's the truth. The way you hear the word no is not by trying to avoid it. Is worse what we're saying. Though you won't hear the word no, provided you are frankly following our seven step listing process and you're going through the processes that we teach you. Again, we primarily focus on being listing agents, and hopefully this market is teaching you guys why we want you to be listing agents. You don't have to wait for someone to tap you on the shoulder and say hi, Bob. Hi, Susie. It's time for you to become a listing agent. No, you can become a listing agent the second the ink is dry in your real estate license. Matter of fact, that's the smartest thing you can do. That way you don't have to basically deprogram yourself from a lot of bad habits, bad thinking, or believing you have to do silly things like spend all your time working on your brand. Spend all your time learning the skill set that the sellers are going to be willing to essentially employ you to then apply for themselves as your listing as their listing agent and then you can make a lot of money and the brand that you will build is the person who actually solved the problem of getting the house sold and by the way along the way you'll make a lot of money that is how we prescribe you to build your real estate businesses hopefully that makes sense so we talked about what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it now Julie's going to walk you through a, the approach to doing it when you don't want to do it as you're trying to build it into a habit it's kind of like outsmarting your own habits. These are strategies to make yourself do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it and to do it at the highest level. So write these down and follow them. Point number one, use your energy as a resource. Treat it like you do food and water. You would never go without renewing your food and water, right? So breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, systematize your plan so that you won't make poor decisions. And that's the reason we also suggest you do all the heavy lifting in the morning because that's when your yep. your hormones and your energy levels are going to be higher. Again, this we could talk forever about this. Go to bed earlier, drink more water, exercise, uh, and cut back on the booze. That's right there. And oh, carbs. And, and carbs. We just gave you a seven <laughs> or a five-step process that'll transform your life. Hopefully, you wrote all that down. You don't even have to take a magic pill to do it. <laughs> exactly. All right. Point number two: Don't expect to be able to simply conjure up your best energy and focus just by willing it into existence. Mm -mm. You cannot make yourself not need water, can you? So carry water with you everywhere. Track your intake, and remember that most doctors say that when you think you're depressed, tired, or overwhelmed, or some of you say I'm stuck, what you really are is really dehydrated 
hydrated. Water makes a huge difference, so take it seriously. Well, I mean, I'm not a you know, spring chicken, but I definitely get a little sleepy around 2 o'clock. Yeah, me too. And if I have water, I actually am not so as tired. It totally does. Mm -hmm. It's just essentially me being dehydrated. You guys got to try that too. Um, yeah, and if you want it, this is how much Julie and I are believers in doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. We will give you visual proof. Go over to Instagram, look at Tim and Julie Harris. That's our, you know, at, at Tim and Julie Harris. And you will see Julie and I torturing ourselves every single day with kettlebells. Now, we have intentionally chosen something that we don't want to do ever that's really hard for us to do, not just hard physically because it is, but hard for us mentally. To do kettlebells correctly, well, let me put it this way. If you do kettlebells incorrectly, you're really going to hurt yourself. Yeah. If So in order to do kettlebells correctly, not only do you have to have the physical prowess to do the activity, but you actually, it's a mental game too, to make sure that you're doing the activity correctly, right? You have to know how to pick it up. You have to know how to put it down. When this coach that we uh, hired, which is, he's great. What's his name? Manuel. Manuel, right. He takes us through every single little micro step. He told us how to hold the stupid thing. He told us how to pivot it. We don't wear shoes when we're doing it. Like, why don't you want to wear shoes? Well, he explained it to us. We went through the whole process. So when Julie and I are doing kettlebells, we are not enjoying it. We're disliking it. We intentionally chose. People are asking us. Other coaches are asking us, why are you guys doing kettlebells every day? And the answer is because it's freaking hard. That's why. And don't forget the electrocution that we do too. EMS. So the Kenmore's were saying they noticed that picture on uh, yeah. Instagram as well. And in fact, Lance had an injury, a rib injury from a biking accident, and they put that on him. And it, uh, the guy that was doing it said, you're going to recover twice as fast because we're doing this. So that's something else. Go to Instagram, look at our picture uh, at Tim and Julie Harris and the um, EMS suit. I don't remember the it. I forget what it stands for. It's a long, long word. Sounds like something electrocution, electrocution or something exactly. <laughs> but basically, again, just go to Instagram. You'll see the picture. Yeah. But this, Julie and I are looking for things that challenge us mentally and physically. Why? Because after we do it and we do it in the morning, uh, we keep ourselves at a uh, essentially a, a heightened emotional and really physical. Well, we get tired really, but a heightened emotional state because we did. We both did something first in the morning that we didn't want to do. When we sold real estate, it was the exact same thing with prospecting. Trust me when I tell you, Julie and I both hated prospecting, and we did. You know, obviously, we we're very successful at it. But what we would do is we made a we would uh, make agreements that once. You know, Julie or I or both set one pre-qualified listing appointment. We could stop. In other words, we could choose to no longer have to set, uh, stay on the phone and set another appointment. Now, when we started, we were tracking our how many contacts, how many this is and the other things. But we realized we want to just know about the result. So the result was how many pre-qualified listing appointments you set. So Julie and I got to the point where we were setting one a day. And then it got to the point, well, okay, now that we're doing this consistently, how can we go ahead and start competing? So then we play a little game. And I'll tell you the whole story. You guys will think this is hilarious. At the time, we had four cats. <laughs> Okay, and they're indoor cats, and indoor cats are nasty, and you guys, cat boxes. So the agreement that we'd have, Stinky. yeah, the agreement that we would have is, this is funny, I know you guys are listening, you're going, is this, how could this possibly be true, but it's true. So whoever set the first appointment, first pre-qualified listing appointment per day, whoever did that uh, the most times after we work Monday through Friday, like if, if Julie said it four times and I only, only set one three times, you guys get the point, and maybe one day I missed, then I would be the person that had to change the cat box. Cat box slave. That's right. And so that's what we were doing. And we just played little games like that, and it definitely worked. Um, and uh, you guys can do little things like that too. But that's really ultimately where this goes because the – 
point being is you want to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level first thing in the morning. The highest level, you're going to have your hormones and your natural body uh, rhythms working in your advantage. There are some people, and it's a very low number of people, that will be able to or feel better actually uh, doing the heavy lifting of their day towards the end of the day. But for a vast majority of us, especially as you get older, it's definitely going to be in the morning. Yes. So point number three, again, this is strategies to get yourself to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Point number three, your brain takes up 5% of your body, but uses 20% of your body's resources. So feed your brain. 60% of your brain is made of fat. Omega-3 from supplements, fish like salmon, that all boosts your brain's functionality. And guess what? Caffeine is also recommended. We're a big fan of that. (laughs) It's been proven to not just boost your mood, but also to block the chemicals which cause tiredness. Concentration for longer periods of times from feeding your brain the right things. So dark chocolate, oranges, and eggs are also recommended by nutritionists. So choose your snacks wisely. So I was listening to a podcast this morning, and he was talking about the importance of the gut biome. And the gut biome actually communicates directly with your brain. Mm-hmm. And you, you studied this mm-hmm. too. Yep. So the, the point of it is, is make sure you're taking probiotics to keep your whole system um working correctly because again you guys can study this yourselves we don't have notes on this in front of us and we're certainly not experts on this but scientists believe doctors believe that your gut communicates directly with your brain and there's you know there's a direct there's a direct pathway so if you're feeling if your uh, probiotics are keeping your gut in check then chances are you're going to feel it's a mood it's a mood enhancer that's really the essence of it that's right i took mine today So point number four, know what your default is when you've screwed up the first three points we just talked about by powering through or telling yourself, I don't need to take a break. Or do you tend to get snippy, distracted, or impatient? That's your early warning sign that your brain is starving and or you're dehydrated. So point number five, manage your own energy resources, but also be aware of what's happening with your clients, your prospects, your kids, your spouse. Are they hangry? Is their brain hangry? is yours. So sometimes you get into it with somebody, not because there's any real argument, it's because somebody is not taking good care of themselves. So manage that as well. Again, we're telling you guys this so you can understand that you can do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level consistently every single day. You don't have to wait for a passion to appear or you don't have to wait to feel a certain level of energy. You don't have to essentially have some sort of, you know, strange witchcraft and alchemy all aligned where the stars are perfect and now all of a sudden you feel motivation. If you wait to feel a certain way to do the real heavy lifting of life, you're going to so you're going to infrequent so infrequently do the real work of real estate, let alone life, that you are not going to get anywhere. the The key is is to discipline yourself to do it every single day, even when you don't feel like doing it. Remember the saying: mm-hmm. doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. If you have a morning schedule where you're doing three to five things every single day, and obviously making proactive lead generation and pre qualifying, those are two of the things. We'll su- obviously strongly suggest you do some of the health things we, we were just talking about as well. When you do that every single day. If you consistently do it, even if you're not seeing results from it, what's going to happen is you're going to start building momentum. And I'm going to tell you guys about a little private conversation Julie and I had the other day. I don't remember how we got in on this, but oh, you know, I remember we came off, we came back from somebody's uh, little dinner party, right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the fact that it's, we are observant. A lot of people, couples our age, especially, well, none of them have an eight-year-old. Most of them have kids that are in college, right? Mostly. Yeah. And so they're now having to deal with the issues that their marital issues, a lot of them, you know, uh, that they never have dealt with because they were too busy raising, uh, having, you know, yes. children and raising kids and being mm-hmm. busy and growing through the paces of life. And now they're having to go back and try to, you 
you know, unring the bell of maybe some, you know, problems that they didn't really acknowledge. And really, I don't really remember how it got me on this to- particular topic. I was going to get somewhere. I think uh, habits that people have and scheduling your day and recognizing that, you know, your best self is usually earlier in the day and as it goes on, and then you add a second glass of wine and a third glass of wine, recognizing that probably you're not getting better towards the end of the day. Thank you. Momentum. That's where I was going with this. So what happens is if you are doing, for example, if you are working out every day, like people ask us sometimes, we did a great podcast on, um, you know, what do we call that topic where we're talking about, uh, you know, essentially how to have a long, happy marriage relationship. No, it was a week long, um, you know, happy life, happy marriage. I can't remember the exact title, but it's easy to find. Yeah, you can find it in iTunes or Stitch or whatever. But really what you're seeing a lot of times as people progress through life is you're seeing the positive momentum or the negative momentum that they've been building. And a lot of times aspects of life will cover up the fact that they have not been building any momentum and save their relationship or maybe the finances like they thought or something like that. So even the key is to do um, what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So when Julie and I first got married, we are early 20s. We started selling real estate. We bought our first house when we were early 20s. We would work endlessly to be successful, to be, you know, we had specific goals that we agreed that we were going to accomplish by certain points in our lives. And for the most part, we did it. But I remember very clearly for probably the first 10 years, we've been married for 31 years this year. I remember at least for the first 10 years that you and I did not have any real, like our life, if compared to say people that were just working normal jobs was probably not as nice. They were, you know, going on more no. vacations. They certainly didn't work on the weekends. Yeah. They had less stress. I mean, you and I were working on the weekends. We were doing all kinds of things they weren't having to do. Some of our old friends would even say to us, maybe people we knew from high school or whatever, like, all right, why aren't you guys going to this? Why aren't you going to that? Or, you know, whatever, whatever. It's because you and I were on a mission. That's why. Mm-hmm. And they didn't understand the mission. They didn't understand why we'd want to pursue it. No. And, you know, I'm not saying we were ever doubtful of the mission we were on, but there were certain times where you sort of took a breath and said to yourself, wow, I hope this is all worth it. We're going to stay yeah. on the course. That's true. But it was absolutely. After maybe, I mean, really, it was probably 10 years probably. before we started to really see the accumulation effect from all the momentum that we had built mm-hmm. and our skill set is when our coaching business sure. started to take off. That's it's when true. people started asking, how did you guys get so successful in mm-hmm. real estate? Well, we had bought a rental property. We'd bought a lot of rental properties by the time we started becoming uh, full-time coaches. But nobody celebrated it when we bought a rental property. Nobody but us. There, our names were in the newspaper. We didn't get a plaque or a trophy. We didn't get any recognition from it. But we wanted to have enough paid off rental properties by the time I was 40 and Julie is 39 that we could be rich where our money was working for us. We no longer had to work for our money. Well, guess what? When you are accomplishing those little things along the way, nobody's going to stop and celebrate with you. But they're going to tell you endlessly about their trip to Disney World or the cruise they just went on or mm-hmm. whatever or the, how they had a lot of fun at the OSU football game the previous weekend where Julie and I were doing open houses. You guys get it? But over time, and for us it was about 10 years, that's when I remember we really had built enough momentum up that when we looked around, we had so far outpaced our peers, uh, well, at least the people that used to be our peers, that the, there was no resemblance to the people that we were. Well, that's because doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at a high level does pay off. Over time. <laughs> that's why we're talking to you it, about it. It's the eighth, well, I mean. It, it's what, the accumulation it, effect. Too. It's what Warren Buffett, it's compounding interest, right? Yes. Seventh greatest, you know, whatever it is. It's Because what happens is you, you know, you put money in the S&P 500 and index funds. On average, it's going to double every seven or eight years. That is something you put 100000 or $1,000, it's going to be worth, uh, you know, on average, it's going to double every seven or eight years. That's kind of an amazing thing. It's called compounding interest, right? You're getting interest on the interest on the interest on the interest, compounding. Um, same thing with EXP revenue share and other things like that. 
But unless you actually put the money in the stock market in the first place, seven or eight years into the future, you're not going to get the benefit of that. That's exactly right. And you mentioned this one too. Point number six, know what your most naturally energetic and brain-focused times of day are, probably in the morning, and do your most important things then. When is your hour of power? For example, this should be used for lead generation. One of my coaching clients has a prospecting partner and they call it the hour of power. They talk to each other in the morning over Zoom so that they can hold each other accountable because you can see if they're not on the phone making their calls, right? But they've made it a fun thing and they're both really on top of it during that specific hour. All right, point number seven, sleep deprivation is real. Commit to ending it. Driving with fewer than six hours of sleep is actually more dangerous than driving when intoxicated. So study your sleep habits. There's a lot of great sleep apps, by the way, and take steps to actively improve your habits. There's a great book called Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams, and the author is Matthew Walker. We did a podcast a while ago on uh, specifically on sleep. So very interesting book. And remember, guys, if you want to have a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, it's not too late. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. You will be able to schedule your day and time of your, uh, you know, your free coaching call. And on that coaching call, they're going to tell you about Premier Coaching, our coaching program, but they're also going to help you finish your real estate treasure map. So while you're thinking about it, do it now. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. Which is a great segue to point number eight. Get help from our incredibly qualified, motivated, and highly successful coaches. Don't try to reinvent the wheel when we can shorten your learning curve, hold you accountable, and move you faster than you can move yourself. If you're not doing the things that make you money in real estate, remember that list. Lead generation, furiously fast lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. We'll fix that through Premier Coaching. Get our proven scripts, our presentations, and coaching to move yourself faster, but also with less frustration. I don't know why you would try and reinvent the wheel, especially in today's market. Well, I'll give the answer because they're not serious about the real estate business. Well, okay. That's that, a, but that's, that's a the bottom reason. line. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, that's the only reason. If you guys are trying to decide, should I buy leads? Okay, I got an email this morning. Oh, mm -hmm. I should have read this. I'll read it tomorrow. Okay. But here's the gist of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I actually have – we have to do this. Don't let me forget. Okay. There is this email that went out to um, from Zillow uh, mm -hmm. to all their subscribers. Uh -oh. And they're talking about Zillow Flex and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So here's what they're going to try to start doing. They're not saying in this long letter – and this letter was – Full of doublespeak. Mm. It was hilarious. I, I really should. Um, we'll do it tomorrow. Okay, That's we'll right. do it tomorrow. And I and you, I had to read it three times to uh -huh. understand what the hell this letter was huh. about. Okay, so here's what the letter was about. Ready? They're going to start charging agents fees on the front end and on the back end. They're going to start charging agents monthly fees mm -hmm. to be part of their program. And then they're yeah. going to start charging agents referral fees on the back end. Of course. And the way they're trying to package this up by saying how they're going to make it much more convenient for the potential buyer by having essentially done the pre-qualifying. What they're doing is they're going to steal. Well, I'm, did, did I say steal? No. <laughs> they're going to get the buyer lead. They're then going to try to put the buyer lead into their different loan products. They're probably going to give the buyers incentives to use their different loan products and whatever else that you're going to end up paying for. They're then going to take that buyer lead to you guys and they're going to say, well, you know what? We're going to send you this buyer lead, but you got to pay us 50%, maybe 60%. And here's what they know. And they are right. And this is what agents will do. Agents will pay that fee mm -hmm. because they don't know whatever else, they don't know what the hell else to do because they have no skills. If you've come into this business and don't take that the wrong way, if you took that as an insult, it's because you know it's true. 
you if you only know how to say yes to a bot buyer lead, you're going to go broke because do the math on this. Let's say the referral fee is 50%. Let's say it's a $10,000 commission. Let's say you're in an 80/20 split and you know, there's you have a say a 6% royalty or some other Mickey Mouse fee. You do all those deducts from that $10,000 commission, you're not making any money. You're going to give away all your profit because you don't know how to generate your own leads because you never learned how to be a proactive lead generator. That is an accumulation effect in the wrong direction because what you're slowly doing is you're spending a lot of time burning the midnight oil where you could be doing things more profitably, spending time with your friends and family, all the while making some you know company in Seattle richer. You've got to learn how to be a proactive lead generator. That is the primary function of every single real estate agent. Anybody who's looking out for the best interest of agents in our industry is going to tell you the same thing. Don't buy leads. It's just going to get worse. But here was the funny part of that letter. Mm-hmm. They didn't call it a referral fee. Oh, no. They had these really fancy sort of you know, these little it's re-engineered terminology. Exactly. Uh-huh. It was it was so hilarious. It was almost code. Yeah. That's the reason I couldn't pick it out for, and I had to read it three times. That's terrible. Because they were, they changed it. They it's not a referral fee. It's like a it's not, it wasn't even something like a client success fee. It was something even a little bit you know sneakier than that. Mm-hmm. So we'll read the letter and you guys can kind of check it out yourselves. Very but sus. really, where we're going. Now, more than ever, is that you have to focus all your best energies on being a listing agent. You have to be focusing all your best uh, energies on becoming skills-based. If you're not, things are going to become very difficult for you, and you're going to start struggling if you're not already in that mode. The smartest, the quickest, the easiest thing for you to do is learn how to be a powerful listing agent. And to Julie's last point, why don't you guys just follow the proven path that's out in front of you? Why don't you become a premier coaching client? Why don't you join our Harris Coaching Program? It's proven to work in all market conditions and all price ranges and agents with different levels of education and experience. This is the next natural step for all of you guys to be taking. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. And have a conversation with one of our new member coaches. Remember, message and data rates may apply. So we gave you guys an extra long show today. Mm -hmm. Hope we've served our mission, which is educating you, motivating you. Now, of course, it's time for you to get into action. And one of the actions we'd sincerely appreciate you taking is giving us a five-star review. And make sure you tell three of your friends. Thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals. And remember to subscribe on iTunes and on YouTube for the latest, uh, you know, latest shows, podcasts, and announcements. Yep. In the meantime, guys, thank you for listening today. If you have any show ideas, please message me on Instagram. Any questions, please message me on Instagram at Tim and Julie Harris. I do personally respond to all those messages. We'd love to talk with you about the possibilities of uh, also you guys joining Julie and I at eXp Realty. If you're thinking about joining eXp Realty, if you're a new agent, a seasoned professional, and you're looking for a sponsor that's going to be proactive in your success at eXp Realty, we are formally applying for the job of being your eXp Realty sponsor. And for those of you who are in that position, uh, please feel free to text me directly at 512 508 In the meantime, have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.